Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Life Wired podcast, and thank you guys for joining us on this Wednesday, January the 24th. We are really excited about today's episode. We feel like this one's very relevant for this day and age, and there's just this current climate in the health and fitness space, and especially around this topic of nutrition. I feel like, you know, we're kind of the whole energy balance and, you know, calories in, calories out has been really beaten to death. And, you know, Chris and I both being, um, you know, well versed and well educated on the nutritional science behind how all of this works. We realize and, you know, we've seen it firsthand in clients just how complex this whole system really is. You know, it goes far beyond, you know, just calories in, calories out, which you guys will notice as you listen to today's episode. But before we begin, this episode is brought to you by Nash Nutrition. The Nash bar is made with simple and nourishing ingredients, 20 grams of protein, and is naturally sweetened with honey and dates. And what a lot of people don't realize is that most of the healthy protein bars that you find on the market or so-called healthy protein bars are in fact heavily processed with fillers and unnatural ingredients. And like we say all the time, is it going to kill you if you eat these foods? Not necessarily. Um, you know, but that being said, when we're consuming, you know, these processed foods at a very high volume and a very high frequency, this is what can lead to those longer term health issues. So this is personally why we love the Nash bars. We never even have to think twice about the ingredients and they truly are the good for you protein bar. I was literally just in um, North Carolina with two of my best friends and one of my buddies without even me knowing it, he was like, dude, those Nash bars, they are fucking amazing. Um, and he's like, literally all my roommates buy them now too. And I swear, just like, we just keep hearing of more and more people in our circle and that know us, you know, that are buying these bars and are just absolutely obsessed with them. And so make sure you guys check for the updates on Thursday, January 25th at 6 p.m. This is when the bars are going to be released. So make sure you set those reminders for 5.55, you know, 5.58, how, whatever time you need to get ahead of that 6 p.m. window because they will evaporate. They will go super fast. Um, so make sure you guys jump on it at 6 p.m. to get yourself a box of bars to try. So on to today's episode. This is episode 119, Volume Eating for Fat Loss. And so to kind of start this thing off, we just wanted to define what volume eating even is in the first place. And so essentially, this is just an eating strategy that can come in handy during a fat loss phase where you focus on increasing the consumption of lower calorie foods to manage hunger levels. So, you know, this is something that Chris and I both have um, been seeing very relevant in our own, you know, health and fitness journey. You know, something that, you know, we don't always talk about is the fact that we have our own personal goals. We're both, you know, really looking to lean out and and push it in this last leg of these last couple of months leading up into our wedding. Um, so we're a little bit more dialed, more intentional than we normally are. And I think that's just an important lesson, you know, for any of the listeners out there where, you know, these different goals that we have can change from time to time, you know, our, our eating patterns, our training patterns, like it can evolve, you know, depending on what it is we're going through or what it is we're, you know, working toward in that season of life. And so, you know, I think it's just important to realize that, you know, it's not 100% strict all the time. It's not 100%, you know, going crazy off the rails, you know, as you guys know, from what we talk about all the time on this podcast, it's all about kind of finding that in between and finding, you know, the degree at which you have to be specific and have to be intentional enough to get those results that you want while also being flexible enough that you're not driving yourself crazy and you're not being overly strict where, you know, it does more harm than good. Um, but when we think about this topic of volume eating, it really is about being able to eat more, even when we're trying to potentially control our total calories. And I feel like a lot of times 
just like in our society today, we get so hell bent when it comes to like cutting or leaning out or getting fit. We have this mindset around like less, like eat less, eat less, eat less. And something I've been seeing more prominently, um, you know, on calls with, with potential clients is hearing from guys time and time again, that they're a intermittent fasting, B not eating enough. And, you know, they're in this cycle where they can't get the results they're looking for because, you know, we're under consuming, we're under eating. And we're filling those calories that we're eating every day with not the best foods. And so we really want to try to flip that script where, you know, regardless of what that calorie goal is for you specifically, whether it is a deficit you're trying to achieve, we want to maximize those calories. And the way to do that is to pick out those volume foods. So this is going to be foods where you can eat a lot of it for very low amounts of calories. I think a very good example of this, I'm actually creating a piece of content about this whole entire topic, which which also inspired a lot of this, but I was really kind of breaking down the caloric value of like a nut butter versus the caloric value of like a chicken breast and the same volume and the same amount of calories, but wildly different quantities. And so what I mean by this is like, you know, when I was breaking this down, you know, for this piece of content, um, I was looking at, hey, two servings of this nut butter, which is is really not a lot of food. It's very, very small. Um, you know, basically two servings of this is around like 440 calories. And for 440 calories, we could eat nine to 10 ounces of chicken. Wildly different substance, wildly different volume, same exact calories. So I think it's just important to realize that it all comes down to the type of food that we're eating and what we're filling those calories with. And when you guys can get really good at this and when you, when you can really pinpoint volume foods that you enjoy consuming, you can really eat more even when you're trying to eat less, if that makes sense, um, because it's all about what we decide to fill those calories with. And we always say like, well, I feel like the fitness industry as a whole used to say like it's calories in versus calories out. It's not about what you fill those calories with. But the reality is like when you're able to stay fuller for longer, you're satiated, you're not having raging levels of hunger, like you're less likely to go overboard in your cravings or fall off track on the weekends when you are satisfied. So it does matter what your calories are made up of. And if you guys have listened to the podcast long enough, you guys know we value that goal food, soul food split. When I think about volume eating, this is a very um, common infographic. You'll see I actually shared on my story as like a little um, precursor to the episode where I showed like on the left hand side, like if you're getting like a venti frappuccino that's super sugary with whipped cream and like a pastry and like a sandwich for lunch, that right there. And this was an example where it was like 1500, 1600 calories. So that was on the left-hand side of the infographic. And on the right-hand side, it was a full day of eating where they had like a pancake, blueberries, an orange, nuts, dark chocolate, a huge salad for lunch, for dinner, like a huge like stew or roast. And then another meal where it was like ground turkey, tomatoes, and veggies. So it was like one, two, three, like six different meals, like small meals or snacks versus that one quick coffee run for the same amount of calories. And that's the difference between like having whole foods versus having those processed foods. And I was actually in my group chat this morning talking with my clients about eating out and how to strategize. Like when you go out and you decide to have a dessert or you go out and you decide to have like an entree that's more soul food, I guess you could say. So my idea is like when you're in a calorie deficit, you're budgeting. And it's like when you're budgeting financially, you can either decide to splurge or you can decide to save. When we're saving, we're choosing those whole foods that are high volume, low calorie. You can eat a ton of them. So you feel like you're having like three, four big meals versus like one calorie dense meal that takes up the same amount of calories. And that's where you're buying something that's a splurge. Think about buying 
like a luxury handbag or something like that's going to take up like 50% of your day, your monthly budget. Then you have to like scrap and save and use coupons and stuff like that for the rest of the month. That's kind of what you have to do when it comes to your calories. So it's better to like splurge on the right things and like those memorable moments if you're in a calorie deficit versus just doing it to do it and then saving where it makes sense. And where we're saving is with these volume foods we're going to talk about. Another example I wanted to share was working with um, a lot of one-on-one clients that are busy. We have different schedules and a lot of clients right now are doing like meal prep services. So this meal prep service in particular was lower in protein, higher in fat. And in her check-in today, she was like, hey, I did subscribe to this meal prep service, but I actually canceled it because it was really hard to stretch my calories. Like it was taking up a lot of calories with the fat and disclaimer, fat is really good for you. We prioritize healthy fats, but when you're weaving in fat to your protein sources, it's really hard to eat a substantial amount of protein and not go over your calories. It's a very common struggle I hear in the beginning of someone tracking is like, I'm having a super hard time eating high protein while staying below my calories. And even if we're not on low calories, it's just something we're not used to. When you're eating protein sources that have a lot of fats in them, it's just more calorically dense. That's the reality. And we've been sharing a lot about our swaps we're making with our calorie deficit right now. Going from chicken thigh to chicken breast, you're saving hundreds of calories for the same amount of chicken. Well, it may have a little bit of different flavor. You can definitely dress it up, but it's saving you calories where you could put towards other areas. Like I'm able to eat more snacks. I'm able to eat more volume at my meal. So I feel fuller having chicken breast because I can put those calories towards other things versus having a protein source that's full of both protein and fat that's going to soak up my calories. So there's easy 1% better options when you are in a calorie deficit. And on the opposite, if you're listening to this and you're not in a fat loss phase, you want to kind of do the opposite of everything we're talking about. If you're having a hard time, hitting your calorie goal and you're full and you're reverse dieting and you're like, I cannot weave in any more calories, do the opposite. Instead of chicken breast, eat chicken thigh. Instead of shrimp for dinner, have salmon. That's what we did when we were at maintenance and in the reverse, we had higher fat protein options. But now that we're in a calorie deficit, those calories have to come from somewhere and it helps us to stretch our calories a lot further when we're smart about our protein just being protein, not having fat, not having a lot of carbs in it. And same even goes for protein powders. Like in the past, I have had protein powders that have had a ton of fat and carbs in them. And if I'm having more than one serving, like in my protein oats, it racks up a lot. Like the fat and carbs pull from my meals and I feel like I'm not eating enough. So now I have a protein powder that's straight up protein. There's no carbs, there's no trace fats, which is really hard for a vegan protein powder. So that's a small swap as well in terms of protein that can save you calories to put towards other things and allow you to have a lot more of it for less calories. So essentially with volume eating, it's something that like as women, I think is really empowering because we're always taught to eat less, eat less, eat less. But when we eat more and we focus on micronutrients, we focus on eating more fiber, we focus on eating more protein, you're going to feel so full that you probably will not be able, you'll have like a struggle to hit your calorie goal. And in a deficit, that's a really good feeling because you want to feel satisfied. We don't want you guys to be in a calorie deficit. I know old me, when I was competing, it was a very dark time. I would go to bed so hungry that it was like emotional. And we never want you guys to feel that way. If you're in a fat loss phase, if you do it the right way and you focus on more of the right things versus like cutting everything you enjoy out, like it's very empowering to have that balance of the 80-20 lifestyle. So we have a lot of like swaps we've been making lately. And we'll talk more about that as we go through the episode. But the main thing here, volume foods are typically micronutrient dense vegetables, fruit, complex carbohydrates, and lean protein sources. So if you're focusing on eating goal foods, this is naturally going to happen. Yeah. And I I think a really good, I just love that you gave like the budgeting example, because when we think of volume food and just, you know, utilizing this strategy, it really is a, a means of 
absolutely maximizing our budget. Um, kind of like you said, Chris, it'd be like, here's a thousand dollars. You can either go buy one item or you can buy 10 items. Mm -hmm. And you know, volume eating is very much the same. It's like, we could either eat that one meal that soaks up literally all of our calories, or we can eat a shit ton more volume food and eat way more for the same amount of calories. So, you know, that's really what we're talking about here. And I think it's just important to reiterate that we're not vilifying any foods and we're not saying like one food is better than the other. This is all a strategy. It's all a strategy about what are you eating as it relates to the goal you're ultimately trying to achieve and then tailoring the eating habits, tailoring what you're eating, you know, to facilitate those goals at the end of the day. And so a really good client example that I saw firsthand recently um, was one of my clients I was taking through a cutting phase and we were in, you know, the cutting phase for a decent amount of time. Um, you know, several months. And, you know, basically during this time, he made a really, really intentional shift with all of his eating habits to like absolutely maximize, you know, his 2,500 deficit calories with literally what Christina said. Like he was eating a ton of fruit, a ton of different vegetables. I was literally assessing this, looking at it in his, in his nutrition logs. He was filling his, you know, protein grams with lean proteins, kind of like the ones we're talking about. And, you know, speaking from experience, guys, it really does feel good when you make this shift. Like you feel more energized. You feel the impact those micronutrients are having on your body. And it's super motivating. Like when you have that feeling and you start to fuel your body, you know, with these healthy nutrients, not only are we, you know, at the surface level, curbing hunger levels, um, managing our satiation, managing our hunger, you know, but at the end of the day, we're getting a lot of really good micronutrients, you know, for our overall health. And that makes a huge difference in energy levels. Um, so it's just really important that, you know, if you guys can fill those calories, especially when you are someone cutting or in a deficit, like if we're able to fill those calories strategically, like Christina said, you should not even notice really um, that you're in a deficit. Like even this client example I gave, like in every single one of his check-ins, his hunger was like pretty much capped. Like he was satisfied literally most weeks that we checked in, which was really cool to see. So again, just a very important strategy behind your nutrition and navigating, you know, weight loss and fat loss and managing just overall caloric intake. Because I personally think like this is better than a strategy like intermittent fasting, for example, where it's like, hey, we're restricting the food, we're eating less. It's like, no, let's eat more just of the right stuff. And so another layer to this conversation is really paying attention to and listening to hunger levels. Um, something I recently just put on my story, I saw another fitness coach post about like just how educational and important it is to track your food, track your fiber, track your protein, all of these things because it truly is an educational process. And when you are being very intentional with your nutrition, you know, you're tracking your food, you are hitting your protein goal, you're managing fiber, you know, you're filling those calories with volume foods, like a layer of this that we don't touch on a lot. And a lot of people don't talk about it in general, you know, in the fitness industry is the importance of understanding your hunger at a very deeper, at a, at a much deeper level where over time, you actually build this awareness. I know Christina has this. I've been able to develop this. Clients of ours have been able to develop this, but we almost develop like this sixth sense of understanding like when we're hungry, when we're full. And I'm telling you guys, it's much easier to gauge that when you're eating whole foods, when you are eating high volume foods. You know, what's really hard is, you know, Christina kind of gave the example of like the coffee and the dessert. Um, I think alcohol is a really good example. Like you can drink a thousand calories so easily and like you will not even remotely feel full. Um, and so again, when we can eat more volume foods, when we can, when we can really lean into the, 
you know, lean protein, starchy carbohydrates, fruits, vegetables, we will be able to assess and get a much more realistic representation of our hunger levels. And what's nice is when we're filling our, our, um, you know, our, our calories with these healthier options and these more nutritious options, the thermic effect is going to be higher. We're going to just be burning more calories, literally digesting those nutrients. Um, I think I shared this on a previous podcast, but literally within the precision nutrition textbook, there's a graph that shows processed food and whole foods and the thermic effect of of each. And we just do not burn. Our body does not require it. It doesn't put forth as much effort to break down processed food. Um, now on the flip side, whole foods, you know, fruits, vegetables, starchy carbohydrates, lean proteins, our body's working really freaking hard to slowly digest those nutrients over time. And something that Chris and I were literally just talking about last night, you know, is how we've really gotten in touch with this where, you know, we know that our aura rings, for example, even though these are like, in my opinion, the most accurate fitness tracker out there, we still have to take that caloric burn with a grain of salt. And honestly, between managing our caloric intake, tracking our food and kind of cross-referencing hunger levels with the aura ring data, that's what's honestly really cool. It just kind of popped in my head. Like we're almost utilizing all of these different data points to take full control over how we're progressing. And I think that that's something really cool that we do with our clients, but you know, we're basically able to gauge like, okay, this was like a really high activity day, or, you know, maybe this wasn't. And on those days where we do have a higher activity day, we also have that awareness with our hunger levels kind of correlated where we're like, Hey, you know, if we want to use our success range, we maybe want to eat a little bit more calories based off those hunger levels and fill those calories with goal foods and, and minimally processed foods, then great. We can do that. Um, and I think this just gives a really good example of why it's important to really track for as much as possible. Because like when we are, you know, utilizing these fitness trackers to see our neat, like our steps, that's a great representation of our non-exercise activity. You know, obviously the caloric expenditure we're getting from our workouts is a good just data point, tracking, assessing hunger levels, all these things that we're talking about are great data points to ensure that you are progressing in the direction that you want to progress in. And so, you know, if you are someone out there listening, maybe you don't have a coach or, you know, you've just been listening to us for a long time, you know, you can utilize these different data points control for these different data points and you will have far a higher a higher probability of achieving success. You'll have far more um opportunity to see the results that you ultimately want to see and see the outcome of your efforts over time. Agreed. And I think that something that's different about this fat loss phase for us, at least for me personally, I know for you, we've we're on the same wavelength always and everything. But as we've been having these conversations about like high burn days, like we notice like our hunger is higher on days where like, let's see, we have a leg day or we got in a lot of steps or we run like you can visibly see like the caloric expenditure on the aura. And even though we're not saying like, hey, we burned X amount of calories, we're going to eat X amount more. Like we know it's not 100% accurate, but we can definitely see the spike compared to a normal day when like, why am I hungry? Am I on track with my water? Am I eating enough protein? Am I eating enough whole foods? And if we're checking every box and we're still hungry, we're not going to say like, okay, we're going to just sit with this hunger. We're like, we always are stocked up on the high volume foods. And by those high volume foods, I mean like berries. We have a bunch of like baby carrots we have. And this is going to sound boring. You guys may be rolling your eyes like, okay, yeah, it's all whole foods. But the reality is most of the time you just want something to like munch on. If you're watching movies or you're at the end of the day and you're feeling like snacky, having something that's a goal food is going to make you feel so much fuller. And if I go over my success range, like in this cut, the big difference I have is I used to like cap myself at my calorie goal. I'd be super hungry. And then what happened the next day is like my hunger levels are still raging and I overeat on something that's a soul food. And then that really tanks my caloric deficit. So instead of doing that, what I'm doing this time around is I'll allow myself to use my success range or even go over on the days where I know 
I have a huge spike on my aura, but I'm filling it with, like I said, apples, berries, carrots, like those foods that are high in fiber and are going to keep me full. That typically satisfies me. But if not, I'm having some protein, whether it's a shake or whether it's like chicken meatballs, because protein and fruits and vegetables all have like so much micronutrients, so much like thermic effect of food, like we talked about. So my body's going to be burning those calories by eating it. And I'd rather satisfy myself than starve, to be quite honest. I'm not enough of a deficit where that's an issue, but it's something that we have on hand and we don't have a lot of like low volume, high calorie foods in the house either. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to just find, like find the vegetables, find the fruits, find the lean proteins that you actually enjoy eating. Like all the fruits that we have on hand and even the veggies on hand for snacking and things like that, it's stuff we actually genuinely enjoy eating. And, you know, I believe that takes some experimentation and you have to kind of, you know, think like what's, what actually sounds good to me. Maybe you even have to try some of them that you haven't ever tried before, but like we're obsessed with the berries. Like I, I love blueberries. I love the blackberries, the raspberries, strawberries. Um, like I've become obsessed with all of those. And I used to be, and like Chris knows this and talking and hanging out with my parents. Like I used to be the most bland child ever. Like literally would order chicken fingers and French fries at every restaurant I ever went to in my youth. It's really weird. Um, but I was a very basic, like plain eater, you know, for a lot of my life. And I, I really didn't even like certain of the foods that we're literally talking about today. Um, so it just goes to show you that, you know, over time, you know, you can de- develop a deeper level of awareness around, Hey, I, I can eat healthy and still enjoy it at the same time. And I just think that that's so underrated with this whole aspect of health and fitness, because we're almost kind of groomed to think like, cause I'm speaking again from experience, from dumb things I've done in the past where like, I know in the past, I thought it was like, the only way to eat healthy, this is way before I was a trainer. Um, but it's like, you got to eat chicken, broccoli, rice. Like that's the only thing you can eat. Um, you can't, you can't eat anything else. Um, and I feel like a lot of us have that mentality that it's like, we have to eat these certain foods or else we're, we're like screwed. And I just want you guys to realize that like, there's way more options out there than we even sometimes realize. And that's why I think this next topic Um, you know, kind of breaking down our grocery list and giving you guys some examples of some high volume foods and some swaps will be really beneficial for you. Before we dive into the grocery list too, I wanted to point out, because it sounds like we're super boring eating like fruits and veggies for every snack. Like we do weave in more like fun snacks. Like we have popcorn. That's still a volume food. We have dark chocolate, which is high in fiber and nutrient dense still. It's 1% better than a lot of other chocolate options. We also have like protein bars that satisfy a lot of our sweet tooth cravings. Yes, Nash. We specifically we always I had split. two and a half Nash bars yesterday. We always no shame. split one after dinner as dessert. Um, and then we also have like cocoa dusted nuts and stuff like that. So like we still have things that satisfy our cravings. We're not like I'm gonna eat a carrot and I'm good to go. Like that's not always <laughs> the case. But we do have those goal foods that we lean on first to make sure we are hitting our fiber. We're you know not just like mentally hungry. We're like physically hungry. And if that's the case where we really are craving something, we have all these other options at our disposal that are still one percent better. And when you're systems and your pantry and your cupboards and your fridge is set up for success, there's less resistance to stay in a fat loss, like calorie deficit range, which is very helpful for us personally, because we have so much going on. We don't want to overcomplicate it or have to have decision fatigue at the end of the day. Like we know, like if I'm craving something, I'm splitting an ash bar. If I go into my success range, it's better than the alternative, you know? So that's something that we do have on hand too, are those snacks. But if you're someone who's looking to have like high volume swaps in your everyday life, if you're in a calorie deficit, I'm going to list off some swaps you can make with like normal foods that are a little bit more high calorie, lower volume, then I'll go over our grocery list too. So if you think about like pasta, pasta is good. We eat pasta like when we go out to Italian, when we we made we were on a huge protein pasta kick. If you look in our recipe highlights, you'll probably be able to find it. But if you have like just a regular white pasta versus like a black bean like 
veggie pasta. And I don't mean like the spiral zucchini noodles. That's also a volume food, but there are certain pastas that like look and taste like pasta, but it's made from zucchini. It's made from cauliflower, but they're not nasty. You know what I mean? Like they actually taste like pasta. And you, if you are looking for more volume, you don't have to go from one to the other. You can even mix them half and half. Your bowl is going to be double the size for probably the same amount of calories. And it's going to feel like you're eating so much more, but you're actually getting fiber. You're getting whole grains in there. So it's going to keep you fuller for longer. You can also add in like when we make protein pasta, we add in spinach, we add in mushrooms, adding all those vegetables and tomatoes. It really adds more to your plate. So you feel like you're eating so much more when you're just eating like neutral foods to be honest if you have no color you fly through your meal like we've gone through phases where we're eating just like chicken thigh and rice if we're like running out of our spring mix or we forgot to buy vegetables if your meal is completely neutral you're gonna feel i'm always snacky after lunch if that's the case we're always adding now greens to it cucumbers tomatoes dressing and the bowls double the size so you feel like you're eating so much more yeah like those little um like salad starter packs like christina actually kind of opened my eyes to those there's so many different kinds and types at the grocery store um and i actually had a client respond to my story when i posted that and he was like you know you're talking about like the salad starter and like leaving out the dressing and stuff right and and of course like obviously like when you look at the back of that label on those salad starters like the calories are coming literally from the dressing like those leafy greens and and just different vegetables that are in that mix are literally carrying like virtually no calories. Um, you know, it's a little bit, but it's not like substantial by any means. Um, so those have been, I know, super helpful for me where like I can take that bowl like Christina's talking about for lunch with our chicken breast. And yes, I literally used to do like the rice and the chicken thigh and I would literally not even be full after. Now my bowl is legitimately overflowing. Like we put cucumbers in it, the chopped tomatoes, um, literally the salad starter spring mix, like load it. And so much so that it's literally like overflowing for me. Um, but that being said, like I feel so full after eating it and it's far less calories than some of the other options that we played around with in the past. So just a really good example of where you can take something very basic, like kind of like you make your own Chipotle bowl and add so much more volume to it and, and really feel satiated after consuming it. It actually brings me perfectly to the next point, which is a Chipotle bowl. If you have like a chicken and rice bowl from Chipotle, or if you're making one at home where it's just like a rice bowl with a protein source of choice, a way to like really create more volume. Like when I go to Chipotle, I'll ask for half a serving of rice and I'll ask for veggies and a salad. So it's still a rice bowl. Like I'm still getting complex carbs, but it's more in moderation with a ton of volume coming from the salad and from the vegetables. And then the pico, the chicken, we do double, of course. Um, so that's a way to make like that small bowl feel so much larger. And then other things you can do. I know this is a good snack example here. If you think about, I know everybody knows if you've been to Trader Joe's down the snack aisle, those little like they're almost like Frito spicy chips. Oh, my God. It's like <laughs> Zach has like a <laughs> <Those are> so <laughs> good. obsession with these. His, his parents buy them quite a bit. And for example, that's six chips per serving. So. You eat six, it's the same amount of calories as three cups of popcorn. So if you look at them in terms of a bowl, like a bird's eye view of both those servings, I'm not saying you have to be obsessive with like, oh, six chips is a serving and X amount of calories and all these foods. Like we only know this because we've explained this example so many times where popcorn is like a massive bowl. Like you're eating and eating and eating and your hand's not even touching the bottom of the bowl for a long time. But if you eat six of those chips, you're like, where's the bag? I'm just going to eat out of the bag. And before you know it, you've had six servings and that's six times the calories as one one serving of popcorn. So that's an example of the volume in processed snacks, like popcorn versus chips. Another example would be like rice to cauliflower rice and not saying you have to go from white rice to cauliflower rice entirely, but if you mix them together, it's creating more volume in whatever dish you're making. 
Another one for protein intake is if you eat a lot of eggs, like whole eggs, and you're noticing it's soaking up a lot of your calories, take out a few of those eggs. You can still have egg yolks. They're very healthy for you compared to what everyone else says out there. But adding in egg whites creates way more volume. You're having a huge omelet that's like the size of your entire plate, but it's coming from the whites, which is purely protein and some of the healthy fats versus all of it being fats, which just carries more weight calorically. And another option is for protein sources going from like a ground beef to a ground turkey. That's saving you a lot of calories and fat. You can eat six ounces of both and it's going to carry a very different weight, but you're going to feel like you're eating the same amount, which is where you can stretch your calories further or your budget further because you're making these smart saving choices. And the biggest swaps we've made recently, as we've talked about, was going from chicken thigh to chicken breast, still eating the same amount of protein tastes the same virtually. Then for dinner, going from salmon to shrimp. Salmon is like such a superfood. And we will go back to that. Like when we go out to dinner, like we'll get salmon when we are in a a maintenance phase. Not saying you have to only eat these foods in certain phases of your fitness journey, but the way we map out our meals and we stick to the same meals for quite a while, it's just easier to stretch our calories when we have shrimp because it's less fat. And we get that fat in other ways, like adding oil to our dinner and having like another Nash bar, things like that. <laughs> so it allows us to stretch our calories further. But the main things you want to look for for volume food is just like adding color to every single meal. So add leafy greens when you're at the grocery store, grab a salad starter, grab spring mix. We always add those as well. Um, things like spinach, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels, cabbage, which are sometimes hard on the stomach. If you are, I think women have a big tr- struggle with this with cruciferous vegetables, but Zach could eat broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels, cabbage all day long. Yeah, for sure. And I think a little, like a little hack for you guys, as you're navigating the grocery store, like something to always, 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 always pay attention to is when you look at the back of the label and you see the calories, always look at the serving size. That's Uh, going back to Christina's example of like the Trader Joe's chips that are higher in calories and the popcorn is a great example where like even the popcorns, like there's some popcorns where like there's a bunch of servings and it's a shitload of calories. And then there's others where like the, um, lesser evil where it's literally like three or four servings. And it's like the whole bag is like 400 calories. It's like literally nothing. Um, so always, always check that. Cause there can even be similar foods where it's like, here's one brand of popcorn. Here's another brand of popcorn. And on the front of the label, they look exactly the same and identical. And this is honestly how these brands get you. This is how the stores get you. Um, very few people look at the back of that label and actually, you know, calculate, okay, this is how many calories it is per serving. It doesn't, it doesn't mean like this is the calories for the whole package. Now, if it says one serving for the whole package, then yes, that is the caloric value of that whole food. But nine times out of 10, there's going to be like multiple servings of that, those calories that you're seeing. So I think it's just under this umbrella and under this topic of volume foods, that's a key indicator in understanding. Is this a volume food? Is it not? Cause if it's like super duper high in calories and there's all these different servings, like that's a good indication. This is not a volume food. Um, so just always check that if you're buying something that's, um, packaged or there, there is a label on it and it's not like fresh. Um, just always look out for that. Exactly. And shopping at the grocery store is tricky. We actually have an episode on like not getting green labeled where we talk about like ingredients to look out for. And obviously that's like next level. Like you want to pay attention to like as most of your cart whole foods. Are you having like protein at each meal? Are you having those 1% better swaps for those soul foods? And are you making sure that the foods you're eating are high volume, lower calorie, just so you can have more of them. Like we want to eat more for the same. We want to get more bang for our buck, I guess you could say. So we left off at um, vegetables. So other veggies we add in, like if we're having like 
a protein like bake think about like putting something in the oven super easy to make like you can put salmon in the oven with zucchini squash sweet potatoes carrots and you're having like a massive dish and obviously you can weave in like sweet potatoes are a complex carbohydrate that are going to keep you fuller for longer we have zucchini squash and mushrooms at our dinner and sometimes i don't even have a carb at it because i'm so full by the end of it like i can't even finish my bowl i'm like zach can you finish this and it's just loaded with vegetables and protein and same with fruit like having like you can throw these in your oats. You can have them as snacks. Like raspberries are really high in fiber. So if you eat those in between meals when you're snacking or at the end of the day, you're going to hit your fiber goal. It's going to satisfy a little bit of a sweet tooth. You can have dark chocolate with it too. It's a really good combo, but berries, apples, like really all fruits and vegetables are typically very high volume. There are some that are more like higher glycemic. We won't get into all of that, but when it comes to complex carbohydrates, they're going to also keep you fuller for way longer. Like instead of white rice, like we'll have jasmine rice at our dinner because it's fire with the Thai chili sauce we have right now and shrimp, but like a brown rice is going to keep you fuller for longer. Oats versus like a processed cereal. Oats are going to keep you fuller for longer. Popcorn versus chips, whole bread wraps versus white bread and wraps. And then very lean cuts of meat are very high in volume. Chicken, shrimp, tuna, that kind of stuff. Even like very lean beef. Like if you're currently eating beef, like maybe you just get a leaner cut. So you still have that, like it still satisfies your iron and also those cravings for the red meats, but it's just a leaner cut of it. So that pretty much wraps up the grocery list I wanted to share with you guys. But to do a little bit of a recap on the volume eating tips for fat loss, number one is shifting your mindset from eating less to eating more. Number two is paying attention to micronutrients and having those swaps that we talked about and being strategic about what phase of your fitness journey you're into. If you're having a hard time staying under your calories or going over your calories, like this is very important based on which phase you're in. Number three is listening to your hunger cues and using a success range based on your thermic effect of food, based on your total daily energy expenditure, which they are, they're always fluctuating. Your maintenance isn't always a solid number that's there all the time. Depends on your activity, your neat, your thermic effect of food, and so much more. Number four is grocery shopping smart with those swaps that we shared. And we hope this helps you guys in your fat loss phase because we know it can be really difficult. There's so much information out there. There's so many fads right now. But the reality is why a lot of people see success in a fad diet is because they're eating more whole foods. Like think about keto, for example, even though it's like high fat, people are prioritizing protein. You're adding in so many more vegetables and going from eating like a highly processed diet, which is the typical American diet to eating vegetables at every meal, like you're automatically going to feel better. You're going to see progress because you're now having foods that are off limits. So like those fad diets only last for so long. What we're talking about is like, you are what you do most of the time. We eat these high volume foods Monday through Friday on the weekends. We'll go out to eat. We'll have foods that are out of the norm. We'll drink here and there. But like 80% of the week, we are prioritizing these high volume whole foods because that's where we feel our best. And you'll find that sweet spot and like balance where you feel your best too. We just want to give you guys the tools and resources because this is the easiest cut I've ever done. I'm quote dieting at the highest amount of calories I've ever cut at. And it feels so good. And we want you guys to feel the same way. And that's what we help our clients do. So we want to bring that information and knowledge to Life Rewired, of course, as always. So we appreciate you guys for listening every single week. If you guys could leave us a review, share this on your story, tag us and Life Rewired, we would appreciate it more than you know. And we will see you guys next week. Peace out, guys.